This is the Authority Partners Podcast. Welcome to the Authority Partners Podcast. Today, my guest in studio is Mustafa Mehmedic. Two of us will talk about cross-system, cross-functional teams. In another words, we will talk about what does it really mean to work in a complex environment. Before we go into the subject, let me welcome Mustafa, who is a former software developer. Now, as a PM, SM, he really understands teams' needs and how to put their effort in the right direction. Mustafa has startup experience and experience with engineering, development, testing, maintenance and teams organization. Presently, he's really focused on how to improve teams' efficiency using tools, team structure and improving their communication. His interest goes as well into direction how to decrease gaps between the business and engineering teams, which is a very hot topic nowadays. Some of the current interests include artificial intelligence and data science. Mustafa, welcome to our studio. Thank you very much. Great to be here. This sounds like a rather complex title. Tell me what exactly a cross-system, cross-functional team is. Uh, well, um, we are here to talk about multi-system, multi-role, self-organizing and self-progressive teams. But I think cross-system, cross-functional team sounds like a more striking title and shorter as well. So what what does it mean? Uh, we already had a topic uh, when my colleague Adnan was talking about cross-functional teams. Um, as a reminder to that, I can say real quick uh, that we started putting QA and, and, and dev engineers together in same teams, letting them to work on one functionality together. We have introduced, um, let's say, a done by team term, marking all PBIs with it uh, when something is uh, completely developed and tested. Uh, but working with, uh, with more complex environments, I think we can do even more when it comes to the team structure. Uh, we tend to hear a buzzword expert, um, an expert in a certain field or, or technology or um, a language, for example. A person who has the knowledge and can teach others uh, is considered an expert in the field. So we can have a general QA expert or um, automation expert or a senior developer or front-end developer with 20 years of experience and so on. Uh, but uh, working with uh, enterprise scale project, there is another skill that we really need to take in consideration, a really important one, and that is a business logic. All of us as engineers, uh, we cannot just rely on our knowledge or on coding or architect skills or program managing and so on. We need to know what we are building, what we are creating or maintaining. Every engineer, I think, needs to understand uh, what uh, the problem they try to solve. Uh, every application actually is actually a solution to a problem. Engineers can't just write code purely relying on specs or acceptance criteria or something. They need to understand how does it work for an end user as well. So um, these kind of teams are actually composed of developers and QA engineers who can develop and test a piece of functionality as a team. If there is work to be done on multiple systems, applications and databases which are connected but different altogether. Um, all those parts are actually making one, one functionality consumed by an end user. So can you tell us where the need for such team is coming from? How a system or an application for these teams to work on could be structured like? We all work um, in big and small projects. Then you have enterprise-scale projects and then you even have projects larger than that. 
when I say this a big project or a complex environment, I'm not re- to re- I'm not referring uh, to projects with. Uh, a large number of customers using the uh, the end product or a lot of people working on it. If you take, for example, a bank application or a post office system, uh, those companies had the need for IT a long time ago. So uh, a lot of them actually still have some old systems or applications they they are still using and they are so complex and so large, uh, they uh, still don't don't dare uh, to upgrade them. So in this kind of environments, you can have also dozens of systems, new and old. All of them are connected and serve the same data from one or more databases, just in a different context and for a different type of users. A lot of them can have different logic in their own customer uh, or user-facing application. Even if they uh, serve the same cause, they resolve a different kind of a problem. Uh, Then there are different devices with different operating systems and so on. In practice, if we use cross-functional teams, for example, we would need to have separate teams for every system. So we, should, should, we shouldn't have any issues, right? Uh, even if one functionality needs development on multiple systems, the teams can collaborate, they can sync, they can match their sprints and their de- uh, de- uh, deployments. It all should go smoothly. Uh, but in practice, we need to take in consideration another really important uh, one, uh, thing, and uh, those are dependencies. In real life, um, dependency can be a major blocker or an obstacle, preventing the team to achieve their uh, complete efficiency. So if we have a team who can independently develop and te- uh, one functionality and all, all systems involved and test it out end-to-end, that would have a positive impact on team's velocity and on delivery to the client. To achieve this, we need to have a team of developers with different skill set and different uh, business logic um, knowledge and QA engineers able to test everything manually and using automation, working together as a self-organizing team. So what would be advantages and disadvantages of such teams? Uh, How they can be used in practice? Uh, one disadvantage um, could be that um, we know that we need an architect in order to create enough ready items for the team. Uh, in these kinds of teams, we would need uh, then to have a person who knows everything uh, or multiple architects or senior developers assigned to the team. Both is really hard to accomplish in reality, I think. So the obstacle for this kind of team would be exactly that. They would need to get an input from their architects uh, who would need to collaborate with architects on other systems pretty much all the time. Uh, This is not a bad thing to overcome and it does work in practice. In general, when we have traditional or other teams, they still need to communicate for dependency's sake. Also, another thing, um, it can be tricky to manage this kind of a team. So a Scrum Master would need to have at least basic technical and business knowledge on all systems in order to help the team out and to track their uh, progress towards the the sprint goal. I would say another uh, disadvantage, but a temporary one actually, is that it can be a bit hard for the team members to communicate since they have a different background and different interests. Uh, but this will be overcome as the team goes more mature. They will learn to respect their differences and to learn from one another. But all of this is worth to handle and overcome. As the time goes by, you will have a really stable, self-organizing team who can independently work on one functionality and deliver it with their own estimate. And that is really something when it comes to the large-scale projects. Okay, this sounds very reasonable. Uh, So how does it work inside the team? How do they communicate with other teams and individuals outside of a team? Can they collaborate with teams of uh, different type? 
Yes, of course. We are talking here about scrum teams and every team has a scrum master. That person should be able to help the team out uh, to achieve smooth comes with other teams when necessary. Um, even if you have the team uh, able to cover all or almost all uh, systems for all one functionality, they will still have the need to communicate with other teams, uh, to the BA teams or Arctic and other systems, for example, and so on. So that should be covered as with traditional teams. The communication and planning inside the team are actually crucial. The dependencies we have mentioned with other teams, that is not gone. Uh, they are just moved from the team level to the team members level. And that doesn't sound like much at first glance, but believe me, it's a lot easier to agree on something uh, inside the team than with other teams. This is because all teams have their own sprint goal, uh, their own pace, their velocity, uh, might be working on the same system, but besides the dependent work, uh, they will probably have functionalities to develop on their own. So it's a lot easier to plan this stuff inside the team. Dependency could be tricky, so a careful planning is really needed. The team needs to lay out their work not just by estimates to fulfill the, the sprint goal, but also to create a small timeline for that sprint. So all teams' efforts need to be done not just before the end of the sprint, but also on a specific day if there are other team members waiting on something to start with their stuff. Uh, include here the QA effort and um, th that is all that is needed to achieve the sprint goal. Also, I would say, um, as you probably know, uh, there could be some additional obstacles uh, during the sprint. So ETAs could be broken, uh, specs could be updated, urgent tasks could be added to the sprint uh, backlog, etc. And that is why this team, in, in inside the team communication, let's say, is, is so important. The team needs to track um, and do all this timely and at the same time not to leave any man behind, meaning not to leave anyone without work but while others will have too much. Uh, it could be an overhead for the Scrum Master as well uh, for the team, uh, but as the time goes by, these changes and updates to their sprint time field will become just a normal thing, just another thing to needs, that needs to be done. Uh, what I would like to know is, uh, can each team member progress as an individual, both professionally and as a team, and as a member of a specific team? Is that possible? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think this kind of team uh, teams uh, would create a positive climate uh, for all team members to progress within their own roles. Um, as we said, in-team communication is of a great importance. So the guys in team would talk about stuff a lot. Uh, they would share their experience on specific tasks, uh, uh, issues that ha they had, how they overcome them, who is a good person to help on something, when block, and so on. Uh, so all of them um, would have the opportunity to see things beyond their own systems or applications and even... Change the experiences, right? Yeah, yeah. Y even, even, even beyond their own role. Um, so um, another thing is that um, as the team goes more mature, it should deliver more story points within the same capacity as usual. So the team members are going to be more proficient working on their system. Let's call it their safe zone. Um, when the time is right and some of the members are really comfortable in their own skin, working on one, that one front-end application, for example, we can introduce um, uh, the in-team knowledge transfer sessions where one team member can teach one or more other teammates uh, to work on something on their system. Uh, gradually increasing the complexity of the tasks, you will get a person who can work on two or three different systems. Uh, this means that all of them have another opportunity, and that is to learn directly from the team lead or other teammates. 
uh, when you have at least few people capable to work on multiple systems, it would be much easier to plan their future tasks. Also, um, if you're working in this kind of environment, you don't have the same amount of work on each system and not the same every sprint. So guys working on multiple systems can spend more or less of their capacity on one or another depending on demands uh, on, uh, for that specific time period. And how does it really work in reality? Uh, we have those kind of teams in our company. Um, I can give you one example, uh, and it's pretty logical move to this kind of team, I think. Um, uh, imagine a cross-system, cross-functional team working on the production support in a complex environment. Let's take uh, our bank, bank or post office example again. In production, things tend to be uh, to get a lot different th- uh, than in staging environments. Uh, working with real data, real customers, um, time and money can spice things up a bit, uh, as you can imagine. So uh, a lot of production issues can have entirely different root cause than the issue that, that the issue itself is pointing to when you reproduce it in the customer-facing application. This is where these kind of teams come in handy. When you have a team of individuals with skill set and knowledge of technology and business logic on uh, on all your systems, checking down the cause of an issue should be very uh, easy enough. Again, as we already said, the team members need to have a good communication skills and to trust uh, one another uh, in order to work on any issue as a team. Uh, the investigation is the main point in such cases. The flow in all systems and how they interact with each other should be taken in consideration. Sometimes I just like to watch um, such team working on a complex issue. Uh, We mainly use Teams chat for uh, tracking uh, conversation history and it's just pure art watching the guys going up and down through all the systems, uh, helping each other to understand uh, uh, the other side of a problem and finally pinpointing the the issue itself. Uh, When they do that, the fix is mainly easy enough to make when you know where the problem is and how to fix it. This uh, same goes uh, for development teams. The team members can work together, help one another, uh, overcome impediments and dependencies and deliver complete functionality together as a team. So what would be the next steps in uh, team organization? Well, I, um, honestly, I don't know. Um, um, we live in time and pure knowledge and skill sets of an individual is not enough anymore, I think. Teams are what matters now, and it will stay like that uh, in the future. A proper team structure, organization, and good inter- uh, internal and external communication can enhance the productivity of a team, and that means its team members as well. But the goal will always stay the same, I think. We will always strive to get the teams to be more efficient, to uh, get more things done, while maintaining their quality and working within their steady pace. There is still a a lot of room for improvements, and I'm really excited to see all of them come to life. Well, I... I'm sure it will, uh, the progress will be really interesting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and um, by this, uh, we would like to close today's podcast and thank Mustafa for being with us today. Thank you for listening to the Authority Partners podcast. Find more episodes via authoritypartners.com or join and follow us at social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the Authority Partners podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode.